Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Today's reading comes from the Psalms and also from Matthew. From Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my anguished groans? My God, I cry out during the day, but you don't answer. Even at nighttime, I don't stop. From Psalm 69. Save me, God, because the waters have reached my neck. I have sunk into deep mud. My feet can't touch the bottom. I have entered deep water. The flood has swept me up. I am tired of crying. My throat is hoarse. My eyes are exhausted with waiting for my God. From Psalm 13. How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I be left to my own wits, agony filling my heart? Daily? How long will my enemy keep defeating me? Look at me. Answer me, Lord my God. Restore sight to my eyes. Otherwise, I'll sleep the sleep of death, and my enemy will say, I won. My foes will rejoice over my downfall. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Yes, I will sing to the Lord, because he has been good to me. And finally, from the Gospel of Matthew. At about three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud shout, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you left me? Here ends the reading. Before I begin my sermon today, I want to mention that I'm going to talk about suffering and grief and death in this sermon. And I know that for some people, they may be at a place right now, especially with where we are in our world, where that is just something that they cannot um, cannot handle today. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And you should listen to your, to your, uh, to your body, to your mind, if it's telling you that. And feel free to mute if you're watching live or if you're watching recorded to skip ahead. Um, or if you're listening to the, to the podcast, to just turn it off. <laughs> um, but I'm, I, I wanted to be upfront about that because... Uh, this week's sermon topic is very serious. You know, uh, um, the narrative lectionary that we use doesn't have readings over the summer, and so uh, I'm, I'm uh, this summer I'm kind of going with whatever comes to me every week. And this this week there's been a lot of grief and a lot of um, a lot of um, sadness and pain in my extended uh, network, and so I wanted to address that.
this year marks um, my uh, 20th wedding anniversary in September. September 15th will be my 20th wedding anniversary. Uh, it was a very special day for many reasons, because I got married, because my family was there, um, you know, wonderful things. But it was also a very special day because it happened just days after the September 11th terrorist attacks that occurred in, uh, in the United States on September 11th, 2001. And this year will also be the 20th anniversary of those attacks. And they were a terrible, a terrible evil, uh, a loss, a great loss of life, a loss of nearly 3,000 people. We often ask, um, I think, why do these things happen? Why is there evil in the world? Why, why do bad things happen to people? And it's a difficult question. And it's a question that we as humankind have been asking forever. I think it is a, a fundamental part of being a human being um, to experience grief and pain and suffering and death. And so we often ask about it, and surely it's, it's at the, the very root, the very deepest questions of most of the world's religions. And so I was thinking this week of all of the grief and the death about the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And yet this year is also um, a very important anniversary here in Japan. Um, it is the 10th anniversary of the 311 earthquake, the March 11th, um, 2011 sorry, not March 11, but the March 20, 2011 earthquake, um, also known as the Great Tohoku Earthquake or the Great East Japan Earthquake and Tsunami. Many of you, if you, um, many of you, because I know there aren't very many folks here who are in Japan uh, directly, probably know of it best from the Fukushima uh, nuclear power plant disaster that accompanied it. Uh, and certainly I remember I was in the U.S. at the time, of course, and uh, for many years after there was a great fear about the nuclear fallout from the, from the power plant. We were thinking about uh, Chernobyl, we were thinking about Three Mile Island, and so we were worried about that. But being here in Japan now for several years, um, I've come to realize the, the magnitude of this event and how much more it was than this nuclear power plant disaster. It was a nine or maybe a 9.1 on the Richter scale earthquake. It occurred um, just 50 miles off the coast of Japan, uh, off uh, the Tohoku region of Japan, which is just north of Tokyo. Um, I have seen video footage of the earthquake taken um, on a cell phone camera in um, in Sendai International Airport. Sendai was the closest, largest city uh, to the epicenter of the quake. And um, the earthquake lasted for six minutes. And watching a six minute long video of an earthquake happening is terrifying. And yet to have been there must have been so much more terrifying. Families cowering under tables, covering their loved ones, screaming of children, 
flashing of, elect of electricity with all the lights blew out and all the power cables went out, watching the ocean come and, and cover the tarmac of the airport completely as they were looking out from the second story um, window. Just amazing. I can't even imagine the fear that must have been accompanied that. And then the death toll, and the death toll was not so much from the earthquake, but from the tsunami that followed it within 30 minutes. Um, a tsunami that claimed the lives of 20,000 people in Japan. 20,000 people. And another, another several thousand who are completely unaccounted for, who were probably washed out to sea and never found. And there are horrible stories. Um, it's difficult to listen to the experiences of the people who lived through it, but it's important. The story that haunts me the most is of a school. And the school was um, the center of evacuation. So in, in the, a lot of these little towns, when, you know, there's all kinds of, of uh, emergency preparedness work that goes on. I mean, Japan is no, you know, no stranger to earthquakes and tsunamis. Um, you know, this is a normal thing. Um, and so the, uh, the area of, uh, to evacuate is often in these towns, the school, because it's the, it's the largest kind of easily accessible, well-known public building it has a big outside space where people can, can congregate. And so people were, were um, going to the school to evacuate. And uh, there were two students, and they, and they kept telling their teacher, no, we need to go to higher ground. There's going to be a tsunami. We need to go to higher ground. But the teacher was like, no, we're, you know, the, our preparedness training tells us when this happens, we come here. And those students ran. Uh, they broke away from their teachers, and they ran. And they ran up the hill behind the school, and uh, at some point they realized the water was coming up behind them. And they turned around and the school was gone. And so were all of the people who had congregated there. And um, to this day, they won't talk about what they saw. They're so, um, so injured from the experience. Grief is a difficult thing. It comes to all of us. We all experience death of a loved one, whether it's a family member, a friend, a beloved companion, whether it's a human being or an animal. We all experience it, and it comes to us all, and it's something we have to learn how to cope with. And it's one thing when it's people who are the committers of evil. You know, it's one thing when it's your enemies who are pillaging. It's one thing when it's evil people who are flying planes into buildings. When you have someone to be angry at, when you have someone to point the finger at, someone to say there is the problem. There is the reason why. Let us take our revenge on them. But it's harder when the evil occurs because of an earthquake. The largest earthquake ever recorded in Japan. Who do you blame for that? Who do you 
find to be your scapegoat? Who do you wish evil on because of that? There's no one, except perhaps God. And this is a problem that humankind has dealt with forever. This is not new. And we see it in our readings today from the scriptures. We see it in the Psalms. Remember that the Psalms were poetry, or are poetry. The Psalms are poetry. They're meant to be sung. And poetry so often is a way for us to express our deepest emotions. And we see in many of the Psalms the anger and the frustration, the desperation and the sadness, the grief of the people who wrote them. How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your faith from me? How long will I be left to my own wits, agony filling my heart? Save me, God, because the waters have reached my neck. I have sunk into deep mud. My feet can't touch the bottom. I have entered deep water. The flood has swept me up. I'm tired of crying. My throat is hoarse. My eyes are exhausted with waiting for my God. My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my anguished groans? My God, I cry out during the day, but you don't answer. Even at nighttime, I don't stop. Even Jesus, even Jesus, as he's on the cross, dying, cries out, My God, my God, why have you left me? And yet, in those same psalms, in those same psalms, even the one that Jesus was quoting, we see hope. After the saying, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your faith from me? The psalmist writes, but I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Yes, I will sing to the Lord because he has been good to me. It's hard to remember. It's hard to remember when life has been good, when you're hurting, when you're in grief, when you're dealing with all of the woes of the world, a pandemic, changing climate, financial hardships. And that's at the macro scale, the micro scale you have the loss of loved ones, the death of pets. You have simply the changing of your life. If, you're, if, if you have children, as those children grow and, and become older, or if you have young people in your life that, that you think of like children. As people age, as your, your parents or your loved ones or your friends age and change and drift away, all of that brings grief. How are we to deal with that grief? How are we to get up in the morning and go on when everything seems so hopeless? The answer, I think, the answer that Christianity provides for us, the answer that I find when I find myself in those situations, is that God is with us. The question often comes up, why? Why would God allow such things to happen? 
Why would a loving God allow such evil? And when there's people who are causing the evil, it's easy to say, well, it's because God allows free will. And those people have chosen to commit evil against God's wishes. But what when it's not what when it's not people involved? What when it's what do we do when it's an earthquake? Then some people say, well, there must be there must be beings. There must be spirit beings. Satan, the devil. Demons. There must be creatures working against God's plan because surely a loving God would not do these things. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really know if, if demons truly exist, if the devil truly exists, if Satan truly exists. But I think that, in my opinion, placing the blame on creatures such as Satan or the devil or fallen angels, demons, doesn't really answer the question. Because the question is, how could God allow it to happen? And if God is all-powerful, and if God is all-loving, then God could stop the devil. God could stop Satan. God could stop the demons. So why doesn't God do that? And then people will say, well, it's because God has a greater purpose. God knows more than we do. God has wider plans. This is often not what someone wants to hear <laughs> when they're grieving the loss of somebody. People often say it, they mean well. They say, oh, it was their time. Oh, God just needed another angel. But this is not a satisfactory answer. It doesn't actually answer the question of why it would happen. Why would God allow it to happen? And maybe it's true. Maybe this is the best of all possible worlds. That the, the amount of suffering and grief we have is a necessary evil to produce the best possible outcome. But I don't know. And nobody really knows. Nobody but God. And so it doesn't really answer our question. It doesn't help us understand why these things happen. Who do we blame? And I think the answer is that we can't know. It's an unanswerable question. And for a lot of people, that is a very uncomfortable thing. An unanswerable question. We can hypothesize. We can work ourselves into logical answers. We can come up with amazing ways to rationalize it. But in the end, we really don't know. we find lots of different possible answers in the scriptures. Because people over the centuries and millennia have wrestled with this in many different ways. But I think, again, the most important thing to remember is that we are not alone. We are not alone in our grief. We are not alone here among the rest of humankind. We all grieve. We all experience pain and loss. And every pain and loss and grief is different but it is part of being a human being to experience it, and we all know that experience. And that is why I believe Jesus and 
Jesus' incarnation is so important. God coming down and being with us. The God who comes and lives a life as a human being, who experiences what it is like to be a human being, experiences pain, experiences temptation, experiences love and joy, the wonderful feeling of the sunshine on your face on a beautiful day, and also the grief of the death of a friend. God experiences it all with us. God is there with us, even when we don't think that God is there. God is there even when we feel completely alone, even when we wonder, why do I keep on going? God is there with us to remind us that we have worth and that we are loved. And that even when things seem bleak, even when things seem horrible, that love will be with us forever. <laughs>